God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Paul mentioned that the saints of God will judge angels. Reading from 1 Corinthians 6 chapter, but when will this happen? And how will God uh, deliver judgment to the saints that we will rule over angels? And at what point now does the body of Christ have righteous judgment? We see Paul saying, 1 Corinthians 6, 1, There any of you having a matter against another, go to the law between the unjust and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Verse 3, very uh, profound statement that Paul makes. Know you not that we shall judge angels. How much more things that pertain to this life. Now we know that we judge nothing before the time. Because the same judgment we meet we measure to us again. But there is righteous judgment. And that to the saints of God that are sanctified holy both spirit, soul, and body, and the body of Christ is given by the Holy Ghost, the power there to retain sins and to remit sins. You see that in John 20, Jesus breathed upon the disciples and said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted, and whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Now, that's not just one person or a pope forgiving sins. It is through the Holy Ghost, judgment given, in righteous judgment. And these things are supposed to be done before the church, before other saints. And we're told how to do that in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven. Jesus states there in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 that if you have ought against your brother, you've been wrong somehow or other, then go to him alone. Now, nothing's established at that point. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he doesn't, then take one or more witnesses so that every word can be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And then hopefully he'll hear you. And if not, then bring the matter before the church. We are to have judgment through the saints of the living God, those that are esteemed as brethren in the church, the elders of the church which are bishops or elders that govern in the church body, but not going to court with the unbelievers. And Paul said, you go to that, suing one another, and that before the, the unbelievers. He goes on and says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He's talking about that these that are covetousness. Say, so why, why don't you just let yourself be defrauded? Why go you before the judges and that before the unjust, the worldly courts? These things should be taken care of in the church, judging saints there what is righteous judgment. Now, there's a time that we will judge angels, and that's in the millennial. Now, we, don't, we see not all things in under mankind. But God created mankind to subdue the earth 
and replenish it and gave him dominion over all the works of his hands. We see that in Hebrews 2. But we see not all things under him at present. Currently, we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, that for the sufferings of death, and has entered into that glory, making the way, the truth, and the life for all believers that are sanctified. We receive the promise of eternal life, through sanctification of the Spirit and belief in God. To sanctify ourselves wholly, both spirit, soul, and body, requires obedience unto righteousness. And that is something that's not taught in most churches. It's just, well, you have given an intellectual consent that Jesus is the Son of God, so therefore you've asked him to come into your heart, or you said the sinner's prayer, whatever the case is, and you're saved. And that's it. Not realizing that God requires more. He requires us to grow up in him in all things. He requires us to come to the measure of the stature of his fullness as in the days of his flesh. He prays that to the Father while he's in his humiliated state as a man. God himself has made himself of no reputation. It took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. And during that, prayer to the Father in the humiliated state made in under the law. He prays, Father, make him one, even as we are one. That same glory you've given me, give I unto them. Give it to them. That where I am, there they may be also, and behold my glory. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and we are to be able to judge matters there that pertain to the body of Christ even as the adulterer in the church at Corinth that went up to his father's couch. Paul said, this is not even named among the Gentiles and one that has done this. And he said, I'm absent with you in body, but I'm present with you in spirit. Now here is where the body of Christ has a functioning judgment, not, with, not just one member, but through the body of Christ, a corporate body. They're agreeing in faith, and Paul said, being absent from you there in body, but I'm present with you in spirit, to take such as one that has done this, and deliver him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that he might be saved in the day of the Lord. Well, judgment there being passed, and that's exactly what they did. We have other matters that whenever uh, at Antioch, uh, when they were first called Christians, took them 28 years before they were first, first called Christians at Antioch. And uh, Paul uh, had been there along with Barnabas, and they had uh, brought this great gospel of Jesus Christ. And during that time, there were certain brethren that came from Jerusalem that went there telling them that unless they be circumcised there in the flesh, they cannot be saved. And it caused a great stir. Notice how the judgment worked. They didn't go to the judgment before the unjust. They didn't go and sue one another at the law. But at that point, it caused a great stir. And then the Antioch sent back to Jerusalem, James the pastor there. What, what is happening? Why do we have to circumcise? And Paul, talking to the church at Galatians, who hath bewitched you? I'm afraid of you, lest my labor be in vain. I would 
that he were even cut off that has done this to you. Well, they had started out in faith and came back in under the law. And Paul said, if I build that again, which I destroyed, then I make myself a transgressor. You're justified by, by faith. And you're saved by grace through faith. And that faith is through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. Well, they have the council there at the church at Jerusalem. Here's the saints giving judgment. It starts out, they hear uh, the testimonies. Uh, James brings uh, Peter up before the church. He talks about the house of Cornelius, how God had saved there of the Italian band, a Gentile uh, believer there that had believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and give alms and offerings coming up of a memorial before God. And then Paul takes the pulpit and he addresses the congregation, telling them also that by him, through his ministry, that the door is open to the Gentiles as an apostle to the Gentiles. And then James gives his consent also, and the church also agreed that they would put no other burden upon the church uh, there, and then set a couple of prophets to Antioch, uh, saying that uh, they abstained from things strangled and offered idols and uh, just continue in faith, and they put no other burden on them. And uh, that was the judgment given by the saint. Whosoever sins you remit, they remitted. Whosoever sins you retain, they retain. And God gave that to Peter there in Matthew 16 when he asked, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Asking the disciples. And uh, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Isaiah Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Well, then Jesus asked, but who do you say I am? The I am that I am. Who do you say? He's asking the apostles themselves, what do you think? Who do you think I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Hamashiach. You are the Messiah. You are the God that is manifest in the flesh that should come and bring salvation to the people. Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation, not a second person of the Godhead. You're Emmanuel, God with us. You are that God, not a part of the God, not a second person of God, or a third part of the Godhead. You are that God. You're the fullness of the Godhead. You're everything God is. You're the manifest God. You're the expressed image of that singular one person of God. That's the revelation of Christ. Now, Jesus said Simon Bar-Jonah, that's his earthly name. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee. You didn't get this by your intellectual knowledge, something you learned with your intellect. But you received it from my Father which is in heaven. Then he says, thou art Peter, Petros, a piece of the rock. That rock is Christ. And we see that rock that followed the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Paul said, and that rock was Christ. And we find that they needed water. Moses struck the rock according to the word of God, and it gave water for all. He was instructed again to speak to the rock, not strike it again, because you don't crucify fresh again the Son of God. Once and once for all, that's it. And because he didn't sanctify God before the people, 
and he struck the rock the second time, and doing so was not counted worthy to go over Jordan, but there died on this side, and Joshua then taking over there the leadership over the Jordan River to the promised land in Canaan, the lowland that humiliated the, the Canaan. Well, at that time, that's rock. But we find in Deuteronomy 32 that the whole work of judgment and the judgment of God upon the whole world, and we're talking the judgment, and this judgment's given to the saints of the Most High God. Now, through the Holy Ghost, we don't have in that rod given unto us to rule the nations yet as a vessel of a potter shall they be beaten to shivers. That's during the millennial. That happens after the day of the Lord. When our vile bodies fashioned like in his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. However, there is in the body of Christ through the Holy Ghost judgment which is righteous in agreeing in the leading of the Holy Ghost. Just as uh, James, Paul, Peter did uh, at the church of Jerusalem concerning the circumcision being required for believers in Antioch. Same they with uh, the Corinth uh, church having a man that went up to his father's couch committing adultery. And the judgment was given there by the saints of the living God. The same will happen in these last days, but to a greater extent. It will get greater and greater. It will accelerate. The more that evil men and seducers wax worse and worse, the body of Christ should be encouraged because God will raise up a standard accordingly. There's a balancing of the clouds, Job says. A cloud comes in there, and the rain and the, that beats upon the house and the flood beats upon it. But then there's a cloud and the glory of God, the Shekinah, that's raised up against it. And they will debate in that day that is there a balancing of the clouds? Is the judgment that God's giving us commensurate with the sufferings that we're going through? And it's going to crescendo more and more. Evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse more people, more going to the ways of the world and not in God, where there's only peace that passes understanding in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. There can be no peace without God, the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ, no other religion can give it. The only word of God that is a living word is Jesus Christ, the living word of God, manifest in the flesh. And... He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preaching to the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. Then he was received up into glory and now has given us that light. While he was in the world, he was the light of the world. Now, he said, now you are the light of the world. It's expedient that I go away. For if I don't go to my father, the Holy Ghost, the comforter will not come. Why? Because Jesus in the days of his flesh has laid aside that glory. He's working only as a man, fulfilling the law as a man. Because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. The Lord Jesus Christ 
looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, he said, my own arm brought salvation to myself. Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5, Isaiah 53, 1, to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed. Now, judgment's been given to the Son of Man because he is the Son of Man. But the revelation there in the Son of Man is that he is the head and we are the members of the body of Christ, members in particular, and the body of Christ in the Son of Man, that revelation of the kingdom, because we have the kingdom of God, Christ in us, the hope of glory, that that body in a corporate body has the judgment given to them. Whosoever sins we remit, they're remitted. Whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. But it's in and through the Holy Ghost being judged by the word itself. Through the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the power office of the Spirit of God. But Jesus said, I'll pray the Father. This is in the days of his flesh now. And he'll send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Then he says, I will not leave you comfortless. Jesus said that in the days of his flesh. I will come to you. Well, he has to be glorified first, and then he, taken back on the spirit that he is, after he's broken down the middle wall of partition, the law, taking the ordinances of that law and nailing it to his cross, he broke down that middle wall of partition in his own body of flesh. He is that spirit, but it was made of no reputation. So he could work as a man to fulfill that law. And tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And after he had, through sufferings, the trials of his faith, the trial of God himself, being tempted of Satan in all things to every degree possible, he overcome. He overcome the devil, the world, and his own flesh. Uh, that was an Adam uh, after the fall. And seeing that he did nothing worthy of death, Pilate said, this man has done nothing worthy of death. And he put over that cross. This is Jesus, King of the Jews. He wrote it in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Regardless of whatever language you, you speak, he's your Savior. If you're in English, then uh, speak the English language. Then Jesus is the name. That is above every name. It's the only blood name of God. The Jehovah, Lord, Elohim. All the Jehovah titles that there are, are attributes. They are certainly the attributes of God from A to Z. However, the blood name of God, the only name that has blood in it, and without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. The only blood name of God revealed, that revealed name is Jesus. In Acts 4.12, there's no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved at the name of Jesus. But all taking on that name, then we're given power. Power to become the sons of God. And that means fully grown up into him in all things and all truth. And we've been told a lie that, well, uh, you won't know the truth and all truth until you are in heaven in the sweet by and by, which is a lie. So the judgment of God is now revealed to us from heaven. 
and every everything that is done, every idle word will come into judgment, whether good or whether evil. And we as the body of Christ are not to let any corrupt communication come out of our mouth. We're supposed to be that living epistle, that holy nation, that royal priesthood, showing forth the praises of God and the calves of our lips. And through these good works that we do, glorify our Lord Jesus, which is in heaven. And these things are coming more and more sought to destroy by the nations because they want to rule their own nation, their own countries. They want to get them a name, power, and glory, and they do not want to submit themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that, their judgment will be swift and sure, and especially the ones that literally destroy and come against killing the body of Christ, the ones that uh, kill the blood of the saints and the prophets will receive double in the judgment of God. So therefore, in the saints of God, we have a dispute among the brethren. We're to carry it before the church, not before the natural unjust law down here in the court systems, in the court of God. And Paul there rebukes them because if you, is is there not one wise man among you? This should be taken care of in the church, not before unbelievers. And he goes on, I'm reading. Notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, if then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in the church. Those that have uh, very little to do, but yet by the Spirit of God that they have, they're less esteemed, but they're worthy to judge simply because of the Holy Ghost that they have. He said, I speak this to your shame. He is rebuking them because they're taking this to their court, suing one another, and that before unbelievers. Is it so that there's not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. This ought not to be. We're not in the world. Well, put it this way, we're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And that's what Paul is stating here. That judgment is given to the saints of the Most High God in that and through the Holy Ghost. There's a time coming that uh, we will be given a rod of iron to rule, to judge the nations. And at that time, angels will be subject to you, the believer. And all nations then, during the millennial, will walk in the name of their gods, their judges, the Elohim. But we will walk in the name of the Lord our God, be one king and his name one. So therefore, We are to walk softly before God, always in a prayerful, humble state, restoring our brother, if there's any way possible, in a spirit of meekness, considering ourselves also, but not being quick to judge it or tear someone down, because when we do that, we're bringing judgment upon ourselves. But there is a righteous judgment, a righteous judgment in God that's not done by one member. It's not done 
and always brought before the church with two or three witnesses, just like it was in Jerusalem, the church. It did not have uh, the uh, authority to rule and govern over every uh, local church. They simply went back to Jerusalem where James was a pastor simply because that's where the era came from. Certain brethren came out from Jerusalem to Antioch, Antioch telling them that you have to be circumcised in the flesh in order to be saved, keeping the law under the law. And Paul had, had spoken and preached, circumcision availeth nothing, uncircumcision availeth nothing but faith in God. That's what it means, the faith, and that is in the heart, in the spirit of man. And that heart is circumcised by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, with the body and the sins of the flesh being destroyed to those that have an ear to hear. So God is doing a work now, and this will be, as we see in uh, Psalm 149. Now, in that, we see that there is a time in judgment that God, calling the body of Christ, and judgment given to the Son of Man, because he is the Son of Man. But the Son of Man is the kingdom office. And anyone in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. He that's least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. And that we see for the saints of God in Psalm 149. And we're talking about the work in the last days. And is going to give power unto his two witnesses, which is uh, the saints of God. It's the church. Somebody said, well, there's two prophets there. Uh, there's two, man, there's dead bodies. Well, in the Coptic, it says they're dead body. It's a corporate body. And the two witnesses there are, as Jesus stated in John 8, he gives us the two witnesses there to those that have an ear to hear. And that simply is in John 8, 13, when they came to Jesus, they said, Jesus, you bear record yourself. Your record is not true. You don't have the right to judge. You don't have a right to bring this these laws, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you burn record yourself. If any court of law, court of law, you have to have two or three witnesses and you bear record of yourself. You're alone and your record's not true. That's what the Pharisees thought. And Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, that is the man, Christ Jesus himself, yet my record is true because I'm not alone. Now watch it. This is judgment given to the saints of the Most High God there and, uh, and through the Holy Ghost, not through some papal uh, pope that uh, gets somebody out of purgatory. It's nonsense. But it is through the body of Christ. In John 20, 22, Jesus breathed on them. That Holy Ghost, the Spirit, Jesus himself, and said, receive you the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. Those sins are remitted. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. We're going to see this manifest greater than ever in the last day work of the ministry before the second advent. It'll be shocking to some people how the body of Christ comes together in the unity of the faith as one man and Jesus ahead and we the body of the Christ. It will be an astounding power that the world has never seen before, not in missiles, not in supersonic, uh, hypersonic uh, 
uh, missiles, IB, uh, what is that, IB, ZMBs, whatever it is, <laughs> the missiles that go supersonic, it goes transatlantic, and whatever the case may be, that the CCP claims to have now. Uh, CBMs, whatever, they're it's classic uh, ballistic missiles. Uh, but whatever the case is, you know, there'll be no power like this power that God gives his saints. It'll be a power in that love that is stronger than death. And there's nothing greater than that. And faith worketh by love, and that love cannot be broken. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And Jesus showing us who the two witnesses is in this judgment that will be given to the saints of the Most High God is through the power of the Holy Ghost, working in and through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Jesus stating there in John 8, 13, he said, I'm not alone. I bear, well, I don't bear record of myself, but there's also another with me. And he bear record of me. Then he goes on and establishes those two witnesses that we read about in Revelation 11. And he says, it is written in your law the testimony of two men is true. Now, now he brings it to testimony. In any court of law, you must have a testimony. And he said, it is written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself. Here's the first witness. That's the days of his flesh, the body of Christ in flesh. Now we are that fleshly body of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That is a present imperfect tense. The body of the Christ is the body of Christ. He's the head, we're the body. And we are one of those witnesses, the corporate body of Christ. And he said, my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There's the other witness, the spirit of God. There's your two witnesses in Revelation 11, the two olive trees the two candlesticks. That's the church, not alone by some denomination, but in the power of the Holy Ghost. Just as Jesus stated in John 20, 22, I give you power. That power there, whosoever sends you remit, they remitted, whosoever sends you retain, they retain. The same that he told Peter in Matthew 16. Thou art Peter. On this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then he said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Watch those keys. It's given to us, the key of David, and that keys to the kingdom. And we see that in the Philadelphia church in Revelation, the third chapter. They have the key of David. He said, this keys. What is the key? What does the key do? It unlocks. Whatsoever you bind, he said, Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose upon earth, shall be loosed in heaven. Peter having the keys to the kingdom. That's the reason why he was called to preach that message on the day of Pentecost. Not only that, he was called also to the house of Cornelius of the Italian band because he had the keys to the kingdom and the first Gentile of the Italian band is going to be saved. Born of the water and the spirit, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the Holy Ghost. Peter's there. Well, the same there in the body of Christ is now through that corporate body. Whatsoever, when you loose upon earth, you'll be loosed in heaven. You bind upon earth, be bound in heaven. And that is through the power of the Holy Ghost, through the revelation of Jesus, the Christ, 
which is now in us, the body of Christ. Therefore, Peter, being opened there, God told him, go down to the house of Cornelius. And all this time, uh, the Gentile, the, they never come into the church. And then Peter said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. How do you perceive it? Through the Holy Ghost. That's going to be open to the Gentiles as well. And uh, we're seeing there in these last days is coming even greater power and glory through the Lord Jesus Christ in the body of Christ. And we'll see this judgment more manifest in the righteous judgment of God in and through the body of Christ, not through worldly lust and pride of the eyes, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. It won't be anything but the world. It'll be righteous judgment in God through the corporate body of Christ. And that's the reason why we are forsake, we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is. And so much the more as we see the day approaching. We need the body of Christ and the unity of the faith bone to bone in that union and which every joint joining together in the body of Christ, whichever joint supplies to the edifying itself in love. That's the edification, the building up of the body of Christ. And that twofold cord and threefold cord is not easily broken. There's safety in a multitude of counselors and the Lord Jesus judging. And we simply do the leading of the Holy Ghost. There in the Revelation 11, we see power given unto the two servants of God. The servants of God there are those two witnesses. And the two witnesses, one, it's the body of Christ. All the ones that are in that corporate body of Christ. And the other witness is the Spirit, obviously the Holy Ghost, and through them. It's not their uh, works that they're doing, but the Spirit of uh, God through them, Christ through them. The Father manifests in and through the body of Christ, Jesus revealed. And uh, it will be a time of great evil coming against the body of Christ. Against the body of Christ for 42 months, times, times and a half, three and a half years, uh, casting truth to the ground, but it can't destroy it. And the body of Christ will stand up a great witness through the Holy Ghost, and that witness given is the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, which God is giving to the body of Christ now. Now we're going to depth into these judgments that God will do, and it will be revealed in and through the body of Christ, not for our glory, but for his glory, not our word for his word, not our testimony, his testimony. It's the testimony of Jesus. It's not the testimony of any man. It's the testimony of Jesus Christ because of the power of God through the body of Christ. And we're going to see great things happening. We're going to see exploits, exploitations, things that we've never seen before in the body of Christ. Why? Because when evil comes in like a flood, God will raise that standard up against him. And uh, the greater the evil, the greater God's glory will be revealed. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You're in the body of Christ. You're going through tribulation and persecution. Thank God for it. Because you're called in a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God and all that persecution 
and tribulation that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. It is the righteous judgment of God. Why? To render tribulation of them that have tribulation or troubled you. God's going to deal with them the same trouble they've dealt out to you. And we're going to see that more and more in the last days with that glory coming higher and higher, greater and greater, growing up into Jesus in all things and all truth. And we're entering into that now for those that have an ear to hear. Well, if this has struck a chord with you, we would love to be one with you. Give us a call. The area code or the country code is one plus. The area code is 903-746-4885. We'd love to meet you. Just leave a message on that phone and I'll get back to you. Or one of our ministers will definitely want to meet you. Uh, God's calling his body into one now. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You can visit our websites, drop us a message or a question if you have one. Sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank all of you for your prayerful support and your generous donation. For by we're able to keep the podcast coming to you over the air. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.